Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of business and entrepreneurship. Each episode, we will bring you insightful interviews with entrepreneurs and business owners who are making waves in the marketplace. From sales strategies to marketing innovations, leadership insights, and effective lead generation, this is your go-to source for staying ahead in the business game. Now let's get equipped for success and get to today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Equipped Podcast, a podcast that is hearing from thought leaders, hearing about what they're doing in the business world. We're going to talk about a lot of uh, creativity and things today and maybe what uh, Josh has to see is maybe a boring field. I don't think it's a boring field. We're going to be able to talk to someone that's the head of analytics at from an organization called from the future. We're going to talk about his story. He loves talking about business, relationships, creativity. And I'm excited about this because I know that this is something that uh, he, this is, this is his field and we're, we're going to get to hear from him today. So with that, please let me uh, give a warm welcome and welcome to the show. Josh Silver. Is it Bauer? I want to say Bauer, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jo- Josh, welcome to the Equip podcast. Right. Well, thank you, Wayne, for having me. Very excited. Yeah, me too. Um, so in the very beginning, you had said, you know, you love talking about your story of how you got into being the head of analytics at From the Future. And what I will say, this is a business podcast and we talk about marketing and sales and analytics, like what you you can't measure. I mean, I'm sure you have many of these sayings in your back pocket and I, you're going to drop some of them. But this is important, like head, head of analytics, like this is this is important. I mean, so with that, let's tell the listeners of your story of how you got into a role like this. Yeah. Um, so uh, I went to college for audio engineering. So nothing close to marketing or analytics or business at all. Right. Um, I uh, have a you know very musical background and for a really long time, I wanted to be musician, but I, I also am very sensitive about my music. So I didn't want to be judged in college for music. So I took audio, which is, you know, kind of adjacent to that, right? Um, went to LA for a little bit um, after school and had an internship at Jimmy Kimmel Live, um, which was very interesting. I got to meet a lot of famous people um, and bands there. Um, I was in the music kind of department helping bands get situated. So I met you know, a lot of like, you know, I met the Jonas Brothers, I met Flavor Flav, I met all these like crazy people. And that was like a wild time uh, in my life. But I decided that I was more of an East Coast boy. And I came back to Philly. And just for five years after school, played in rock and roll music. That's all I did. I, I worked in coffee shops, did nothing really with my degree and just played in music. Right. And I loved it. It was a great time in my life. Um, but you know, it was definitely not a career and I experimented along the way with odd jobs, right? I, I did Elvis impersonations, uh, for, uh, for some money. Um, I worked in like grassroots type things, you know, definitely like tons of, I loved taking on odd jobs was, you know, anything that was like kind of weird and fun that I found on Craigslist. I, I never, I never, you know. I got very lucky with Craigslist. I'll say that. I never had any weird stuff happen to me, but it was definitely one of those, uh, 
take what I can. Right. Um, and then, you know, about five years into my, uh, after school, I met my now wife, um, a girlfriend at the time. And she was very, she encouraged me gently to explore other things besides just music. Right. Um, and I was ready at that point too. Five years of doing music was exhausting, right? And you know we were playing all over the place and not making any money. Right? So um, eventually, I took three different internships. Uh, one was um, a teacher in a music school. One was a um, uh, a helper at a recording studio, and one was a marketing intern at an Apple and Adobe training center. And the reason I I I did the Apple and Adobe, uh, the, the the Apple and Adobe Training Center mar- internship is because they basically said that I could re- take courses there, um, and I wanted to relearn audio production because it'd been five years and I didn't remember anything, right? And that was my career out of school. But when I was there, I started playing around. My role there as an intern was to go through their sales force and clean up certain aspects of it and like call people from there and i just started to learn salesforce and i started to learn how bad their setup was right and i was like you know what i'm gonna make my life easier by learning how to use this software and making it better right um at least setting it up better so my first exploration into kind of analytics and and you know uh software was really on the crm side and really out of just the pure i want to make my life easier because the way that this is set up doesn't make any sense right and so i started kind of self-learning some of this software stuff and eventually um i got a break because the person who was my supervisor ended up leaving and there was a position there um for an account manager and so i took that role continued kind of learning about the software um, and then I also noticed that they had no social media. So I was like, I'll do that. Start their social media. So I started doing some marketing and getting involved with Facebook. When I went to school, there was really no Facebook or anything, right? It was really like, you know, I was in Boston in 2008. And, you know, that's just when Facebook started to roll out, right? So there, you know, digital marketing and stuff was really not super prevalent when I was in school. So I, you know, there was a marketing choice, but I was really not interested in traditional marketing, right? Um, And so as I started to learn, you know, about Facebook and marketing around that, I had already known some from like my band days because I was the band manager and I had to get ourselves out there, right? Um, And so I knew a lot about social media marketing because of being in a band and, and, you know, the, you know, doing campaigns around getting people to be interested in the band. Um, so I started doing social media there. Um, eventually their marketing manager quit. I said, I'll do that too. I was making like $32,000 as a marketing manager of like a major, like, uh, seven branch organization. Right. And so, yeah, I was making nothing, but I was like learning and I started to learn Google ads and PPC, Google analytics. I loved it. I thought it was really, really cool. Um, the way my brain works though, is if I'm just doing one thing, I get kind of like, "Mm." so I decided that an agency would be more interesting. So I ended up kind of, you know, moving from that job to an agency, um, in a small agency in Delaware. 
um, as a digital um, kind of uh, strategist, right? A digital strategist. And so there I started to really learn more about uh, and get more into the Google products like Google Ads or Google Analytics and what I really fell in love with, which was Google Tag Manager implementation, right? Taking, you know, these these kind of pixels um, from a site and manipulating them to get the data from one place to another, right? To empower how this data comes from here to there. And it was such a puzzle, right? And I'm, I'm so in love with puzzles. I've always been in love with puzzles. It's taking what what is actually all of this stuff, anything is possible. How do you make it make sense, right? What is the most valuable out of all of this stuff that's there, right? And so I started to get more and more into that. And while doing that, I started to understand the value of this stuff as well, right? It wasn't just, can you create this stuff? It's how is how can it be valued, right? And I started to be able to communicate that value very well as well. And so at that agency, they started bringing me along to all the sales conversations. And so I would be involved in just, you know, talking through the, you know, how analytics is valuable to them. And from there, I realized, oh, if I can sell and I can do, why do I need a job? Right. And so I started my own business. And for about seven years, I ran an agency in Philadelphia um, called Great Big Digital. Or it used, it, the original name was Grew and Bleen, but no one could pronounce that. And so we went, you could ask about that later, but eventually we changed it to Great Big Digital. And that was an analytics and conversion rate optimization and development shop. Um, and ran that for a while. It was very successful. Um, I ended up leaving two years ago to join another agency um, purely because, um, you know, it was a great opportunity. And also I had a, my son and it was tough running my own business and having a son. Um, so I ended up joining from the future. Um, as their head of analytics and CRO, um, and I've been there since, and you know it's been it's been a great ride. So that's my story up to up to now. Yeah, no, that's so powerful. And what's what's so awesome about it, and what I hear in the people that are listening to this podcast, and people that are the fans of the Equip podcast, you know, they hear the stories of lead generation, they hear the stories of Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads, and everyone always has questions about. The analytics, they have question about where you're getting your ads, LinkedIn, you know, all that type of stuff. And you were in the very beginning, you were like in the, you were the OG of learning all of the, the Google analytics and the Google, um, you said tag manager. Yeah. So I think that's what's really cool about it. So what were that, what's, what were some of those things that drew you in early to say, Hey, I'm going to, to learn this stuff. Where, where did you see why you should do this? Yeah, well, I'm, I've always been a self-taught person, right? Like, even as a musician, I learned piano on my own, right? Um, and that's my primary instrument. I have a really hard time learning things if I don't want to learn them. But if I love to, if I want to learn them, I'm very good at just absorbing and taking in that information and, and just going. And one of the things that was really attractive about analytics and tag manager and all of this stuff is it really hit the puzzle side of my brain. And I've always been really, really interested in puzzles. Um, even as a, as a young kid, you know, I was just like obsessed with trying to figure out how the puzzle pieces come together. And so much of this, um, you know, of analytics is 
you know, understanding the full puzzle of what the picture is going to look like, and then understanding how the pieces should fit together to get from here, which is just, you know, how people are interacting with on a website or even, you know, uh, before they get to the website and then carrying information from all of those different steps into a final output of a visualization, right? And so, you know, as I started to play around with these tools, I realized, you know, how much it was just so much like a puzzle, right? And I just, you know, whether I truly loved analytics at that time or I just liked the puzzle aspect of it, I don't, I'm not sure, right? I, I think it was more the latter where I was just really attractive, attracted to how fun it was. And then throughout kind of that, I started to realize how good I was at it. And then I started to love that I was good at something that could I could create a career out of because, you know, it was really hard for me to even wrap my head around what could be a career for me besides music for a while. So, yeah, no, I love that. And what you said, too, I think is so powerful when it comes to business and entrepreneurship and creating something and, you know, being in your purpose and in your calling. When you said you you, you realized you were good at something, um, like what 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 was it for you that made you think that? Like, why did it why was it exciting for you um, to think that you were good at something? And how did you I guess because some people search their entire life for like finding something yeah. that they're good at. And yeah. we hear about it from business owners and we collaborate with business owners all the time. And you can just tell that some are doing what they're good at and some are forcing what they think they should be good at. Yeah. Um, and, and so with that, why do you, what's so, what should people look out for? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I've, I've always been somebody to, to march to my own tune. Right. So like I, I knew that I always wanted to, you know, kind of spearhead my own career, though I, for a long time, I, I thought I needed to do jobs, right? Um, you know, I think it's really scary and empowering to take the first step in trying to do something on your own. Um, but when you have a calling or when you start to understand that, I think the the big, the big transition for me was the self-awareness around being able to do something. No, look at I get that. Uh, do something, right? Um, like actually carry out the actions to execute this, while also having the skill to communicate the value of it. Right? Those two things together made me confident enough that I would be able to figure out how to run my own business. Right. Because, you know, I think if you just can do, right, it's really hard to run your own business because you can't, you have to have that element of communicating value, right? Uh, and being able to sell. Um, and if you just can sell, it's also pretty hard because you need people and employees to execute the, you know, the vision. And so as a startup, having, you know, one of those things, it's really hard to get off the ground. But if you have both of those things, you know, you can kind of supplement other areas that you need, but you have the core. And that's to me was enough to say, I can do this or I'll figure out a way to do this. And then just kind of blindly go into it and say, let's figure it out. 
And you just have to have a lot of confidence that you'll be able to problem solve along the way, right? Which is that third step. Yeah, wow. You know, what's interesting, Josh, is um, I just, I actually had the pleasure of interviewing someone before you, and he's the CEO of a well-known organization, and he's blind. And he basically was, he. there's no problem that he has never been able to solve. He's like, yeah. figure it out. And entrepreneurs, um, you know, go into situations and you're just like, I don't know what needs to happen, but we'll figure it out yeah. and we'll figure it out along. And yeah. we've got the analytics to back it up that, hey, once we figure it out, we'll be good to go. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm selling, you know, empowerment, right? I'm selling the idea that they don't have to go in, you know, without understanding how, you know, where to, to, to place their money, right? Like it's, it's more, you know, I, I, I think personally as an entrepreneur, you, the the number one skill that you or the number one talent that you need to have is the 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 idea that you can figure it out right like just just the trust that you can figure it out and, and in analytics you know what you're giving to them is the roadmap to figure it out right and so it's you know i i think you know the product that was being sold is one of the most valuable products and if you're good at it, you can, you know, it can be really a successful journey. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Uh, you know, b- before we got started on the show, I said, you know, what what topics do you love to to talk about, Josh? And I always do that because um, I want to, I want the person that I'm talking with to to enjoy what they're sharing and and be in, in their lane and in their expertise. And you you said something along the line along along the lines of right and left brain. Yeah, and creativity and and all that. So, talk a little bit about that and uh, why you enjoy talking about that as well. Sure. So, I talked about puzzles, and puzzles are definitely really, really important to me. But they are super duper left brain in a way, right? They're a lot about taking pieces and putting them into the places that they should be put in. But there's a format for that, right? There's cut edges, and those edges fit together, right? It's not, you know, the act of putting it together. There's not. There's the figuring out how they fit but you're not creating the puzzle, right? Um, it's, it's a, you know, a structure that exists. I also really, really love creativity. I've always had that other side of me, which is, you know, this, this person who loves to create the puzzle, right? To, to not have to, um, you know, adhere to a kind of structure, right? And for so long in my life, uh, until very recently, those two things um, did not mesh super well, right? They were very separated where, you know, I would be, you know, doing this analytics career or creating a business and it would be very much like, let's talk business. Let's just business, 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 right? And then creative, I would do on the side. Like I would, you know, every single year, write an original musical and put on this musical. And it was very successful, you know, but it was very different. It was very disconnected to you know my my career and my business life right um it was just like here's here's once a year we're doing this and you know then we're gonna do this and i would put out albums but they had nothing to do with analytics right and um and throughout my business when i started doing um you know great big digital you know i really for that the majority of that time that i was there 
I could not figure out how to bring creativity, like true, my true essence of creativity into that business. And I think ultimately that's why I ended up not loving it as much as I did towards the end, right? It was such a fun dream. And what, when I built it, we were very successful mon- like from a monetary, but it wasn't fulfilling me in the way that I was happiest, right? And, you know, I I found it very hard to blend the two. We would pepper ideas in every so often. There would be some levels of creativity, but it just never felt truly like I was able to put myself from a creative stance into that, right? Um, and then I had a conversation with um, a friend of mine who's a brand consultant. And this was about two years ago um, when I was leaving the business. And he basically told me, he said to me, and I, I'd never forget this, but he goes, I don't see anything of your creativity in your business. And I said, well, I mean, I feel like people don't really want that, right? Like they will, don't want like you know, to go to a website and all of a sudden, like, you know, it plays music to you or whatever, right? Like, I'm like, they don't really, they want to say, see like, oh, I'll help improve your bottom line. Right. And he said to me, who wouldn't want to work with the singing, dancing, funny musician analytics guy? And I was like, meh, you're probably right. Maybe I'll lean in. And I started to lean into that. And I started to build over the last two years a brand around incorporating music into analytics. And I just recently in October released um the first uh analytics rock opera <laughs> which is uh called universal and uh, universal sunset it's based off of the big event where universal analytics google analytics was sunset and ga4 is now the new analytics and i wrote a rock opera about an alien named cookie whose universe was sunset and it's loosely based on that event right yeah. But it really, really propelled me in people in my in my career. Like I got all these people who, you know, I kind of learned from like the greats of the analytics world kind of like now as my colleagues, because they highly respect that I can do this. And that's kind of my niche, you know. Um, and so, you know, I, I think. The more you can build yourself or your full self, your creativity, your your thoughts um, into the more rounded career, you know, I think the more successful you will really be or, the, you know, the, as, authentic, as authentic as you can be, try to be that, right? Um, because it will pay off. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. And, and when we have clients or we talk with people and, you know, it's like, well, how can we just copy and paste things over like to get leads whether it's on facebook instagram or linkedin and it's really it's important that's like well you you need to add your creativity because in at the end you are the person that they want to do business with because of your yeah because of you because right of you yeah that's so right and i love that you said that too because you have such a unique skill set when it comes to creativity you know some people may uh, talk a certain way or, or they may j- make jokes a certain way or they may make business lighthearted a certain way yours just happens to be uh music which i think is so cool and I've, I've looked at your website and saw your website and it's it's just a unique way and you niche it's almost as if you've almost niched down a little bit 
to where then you can work with people that enjoy what yeah. you are creative about. Yeah, totally. It, it, it definitely helps me, um, you know, work with the type of people that want to work with me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and ultimately like that makes me happier and them happier. Right. And so, you know, I spent a lot of time working with people that I didn't necessarily want to work with <laughs> because <laughs> I thought, y'all. yeah, because I thought I had to, right. You, you think you have to, and if you're in the beginnings of a business, you're going to have to anyway. Right. Cause you're, it's, it's, it's hard to be uh, choosy when you're starting out. Right. But as you kind of grow, you get to be a little bit more selective. And as people start to know who you are, you get to be a little bit more selective. And I definitely feel like I've brought myself to a niche where people know who I am. They know what they're going to get. Right. And they know, you know, LinkedIn has been amazing for that for me. Uh, I, you know, about a year ago, I just started to invest in doing content and writing content. And so now, you know, I'm very, very present on LinkedIn and uh, it's been very good for me also in terms of communicating the type of person I am as I, you know, and, and the knowledge that I have. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, just lean in. That's all I have to say. Lean in. Yeah, no, that's so that's that's powerful um, with with analytics and being in this industry for so for, for as long as you have. Again, business owners, entrepreneurs, people that listen to this and um, the clips that we get to share on social media. And of course, we're going to be able to share some of yours as well. What are some things that you're seeing in the marketplace from when you very first got onto Facebook, Google ads, Google target manager? Like, what are you seeing in the marketplace right now with all of all the above? Yeah, it's getting harder um, and and more chaotic for marketers. Um, You know, I think. Uh, you know, one of the biggest events in, in digital analytics in the last year um, was that Universal Analytics was Sunset, right? Um, which was a humongous, like probably the most um, loved tool for a lot of people. Uh, it really was the first tool that helped empower um, many, many, many lay people into having analytics at their fingertips, Right. Um, and people loved it. There was a whole community that was built around Google Analytics, right? And they sunset it uh, for a new platform called Google Analytics 4. And Google Analytics 4 is completely different. And it's incredibly hard. I like to say, I, I, made a, I make a, a metaphor that Google had this kind of automatic car that they gave to you and it was went 60 miles per hour, Right. And everyone was like, cool, you know, it's not the fastest machine in the world, but it gets me to where I'm going. And then they say, okay, well, guys, we got to take that car back if we're called, but we're going to give you a better car. We're going to give you a 90 mile per hour car. And everyone's like, wow, 90 miles per hour. That's way faster. This is going to be great. And then they send you a box in the mail that says build a car, right? And you're like, uh, I don't know how to build a car, right? And they're like, well, we figured you all knew how to build a car because you, you know, you drive a car. Right. And you're like, no, that's a different skill set altogether. Right. And so, and even when you have to build it, it drives on stick shift. So it's no longer an automatic. Right. So it's really just a completely crazy new system. And that was like the one of the first things. Obviously, there was like the Apple updates before. Right. There's, there's tons of changes that have been disempowering, you know, um, marketers over and over and over again to understand their data, right? 
good and bad things, right? Like good is, you know, there's more privacy con and consent that needs to be obtained for users. And that's a good thing, right? You should really, people should really be saying, yes, you can track me if you're tracking them. But still, it's harder for marketers to really get a, a, a clear sense of the data. And it's getting harder and harder, right? Consent mode 2.0 was just released yes, or just talked about yesterday from Google, which means in March of 2024, if you live in Europe, Google Analytics is just not going to fire unless you have consent on your website, right? So there's all of these changes that are happening for digital analytics and that Facebook, LinkedIn, all of these things have to adapt to, right? Um, your browser changes, privacy changes, and it's just going to get harder to understand the true data. With that said, now there's AI to help, you know, model the data on top of it. But then you start to be like, what's real? What's not real? What? Because you don't have true access to the actual real data. So you're relying so much now on kind of the modeled approach to that data which some will say, yeah, that's fine. That's a good way to approach it. But it still is discomforting to a lot of people who are used to having kind of that raw data and being able to make decisions based off of things they could see and then things that were happening, right? So it's going to get hard, I think. Do you think that people will be weeded out of the industry? Or do you think that people will adapt? What's your what's your thoughts? Oh, they'll have to adapt. I mean, all of digital marketing for the 30 years that it's been around has been all about adaptation, right? I mean, the whole the whole um concept of 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 search engine optimization, right, is all about adaptation. Um, it's you know, like every single time there's an algorithm update which changes the entire landscape of how people have to approach it right and they have to adapt right and so it's a lot about how are we going to take the most um current situation and still you know um get what we need out of it and and it makes you know my career exciting um you know, and it makes me kind of always feel like I have job security because all of these changes really, as long as I'm kind of keeping up with what's happening, um, you know, people like me are are very valuable because we are the leaders of the, the adaptation, right? Um, and so it's instead of saying, oh, no, my career is over, it's, okay, how do we navigate this? And, you know, how do we kind of best approach this humongous change that was out of our control? And digital marketing is all about that, adapting to the things that are out of your control. Yeah, and I think what, why you, what, what you just said, I think is so powerful too with organizations and creating with Google and, and LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook, like all these different social digital platforms and creating analytics from an organizations, um, you know, the, the need to grow in within every organization is there. Yeah. There are tools out there, but then also what's amazing is there are organizations that can help you when you partner with them grow because you've had the years of experience. You don't have to sit there and learn how to do right. all of the different things that are out there. Like what you said, you know, here's a 
here's a car that goes 60 miles an hour. But if there's someone out there that knows how to go 90 miles an hour, drive a stick shift and build a car, yeah. like what's the cost benefit analysis of investing in something like that? Sure. Because how long is it going to take you to build that car? Right. So if you, if you can work with somebody who knows how to build a car, you know, for me, I'm never going to touch, you know, the plumbing inside my toilet. I know that that's not my job. Uh, I'm not good at that. So I'm going to pay a plumber to do that. Right. It's, it's the same concept. It's, you know, you can try to figure it out on your own, but at the end of the day, there's going to be certain things that it's just more valuable and better use of your time to work with somebody who knows what they're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. God, that's so good. Um, so again, let's go back to from the uh, from the future with with your organization sure. and analytics, and you know on a day to day basis with your clients and how you guys grow organizations. Talk a little bit about that on what you guys are seeing in the marketplace. Yeah, so so we're a performance marketing agency. Uh, you know, we specialize in paid media, um, digital analytics, SEO. You know, strategies around um, you know getting your uh, marketing dollars to perform the best, right? Um, so, you know, what we're seeing is obviously a shift towards utilizing AI for certain, you know, um, tasks um, and how that, you know, um, how people are incorporating AI into all different aspects of, you know, digital marketing tools, right? Um, you know, one of the, one of my favorite tools, um, I, you know, while, while I am definitely really um, an, an expert in marketing analytics, my, my passion right now is in experience analytics, right? Which is really behavioral, how people are you know, going to respond to certain things when they go see your website or where, when they go uh, and see your brand, right? On, you know, out there on the, on the interweb, right? And, and experience analytics is getting so much out of AI right now, um, you know, where, um, you know, like, for instance, Microsoft Clarity, which is a heat mapping and, and software tool, which I, I really, really love. Um, they literally yesterday released AI that interprets um, heat maps on your website um, and um, spits out trends based off of any filtering system that you want. So you could say, I want to only see um, you know, people from Google cost per click on this particular page. How do they respond to this page? And it will tell you how they're responding, if they had any friction on that page, right? And it's just going to get more and more incredible, right? And then you mix that with predictive analytics of how are people going to respond based off of the information that they have. And all of a sudden, you have a really powerful marketing machine, right? Because you can anticipate how you think people will respond based off of the criteria that you put in there from historical data, right? So there's just so much that is, you know, growing in terms of capabilities while we're also getting hit with the inability to track certain things as well. So it's just a very interesting time of adaptation, right? It's like you get more and you get less at the same time. And it's the direction is very unclear. It's, it's unsettling for a lot of people because they're just not sure what to do with all of this new information. I love that you say that um, because again, we talk to business owners, and they're 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 on they're honestly can be a there's so much information it can be overloaded. No, sure, yeah. Sure. There, if you truly take a step back and you say to the business owner ten to fifteen years ago, "Hey, in year 2023, this is everything that's going to be in the market. 
the business owner is probably going to say to you, I'm going to have a, a, an amazingly huge organization. All those tools are going to be at my fingertips. Like it's going to be amazing. But truly, it's almost to the point where people don't know what to utilize because there's too much to utilize. Um, and, and I think that that's, I think that that's happening right now, especially with the uh, the implementation of AI. I think that there's people don't know where to start or what to do, um, and and you guys are at the forefront of that. So, what would your advice be for that business owner or, or, or an entrepreneur that's listening to this right now? Yeah. That they're they're overloaded. I mean, what would you say to that person? I will say, data is nothing without insights. It is. It's just it's just noise, right? You want to have a strategy. Um, you know, generally the way I work with people is the first thing I do is try to get them to agree with me on what is value. What is value, right? So many people think, let's collect things. Let's track everything. Let's click on, let's track every single click on the website, right? What is valuable? What is going to help us actually progress and grow the business, right? Defining that value and agreeing on that value is going to be the most powerful foundation you can have from an analytics perspective. It tailors everything from that point forward, right? Once that is established, you can build the strategy that surrounds how are we going to get that data in the system, right? Once the data is in the system, how are we going to look at that data and visualize that data, right? And then ultimately, who is going to interpret this data? Because without interpretation... It's going to just live there with noise. And you. It, sometimes that interpretation can be me. Sometimes that interpretation can be them. But ultimately, they want somebody who knows how to interpret that data, right? And, what, and how to make that data actionable. And one of the reasons I really like the AI system in Clarity is because not only do they give you summaries, but they give you takeaways and actions that you can do with it, right? And, you know, you want to make sure that you have somebody who gut checks AI because, you know, if, you're, if your data set is the last three days and you've had six clicks, it's still going to run insights on that. But the data is going to be so statistically irrelevant that you want somebody to be like, that's statistically irrelevant, right? It, it still needs to be checked, right? But I do love that it's a starting point and you really want to have those key takeaways as that final thing so that you can move into a direction of actual positive decision making, which is ultimately what you should do with this data. Right. It's yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. No, that's so good. Um, you, again, you've just shared so much and I know people that are listening to this make, it makes them think like, okay, what are we going to go in the future? How are we going to grow in 2024? How are we going to use analytics in 2024? Like this is the way we should be thinking about it. Um, an organization like you that's performance marketing, um, what? how are you guys getting leads? How are you bringing in new customers? Well, one, like one of the best is relationships, right? Um, you know, we we have built some credibility over the years of people know, people know me for analytics, right? So I can get people in the door through that because they know me and they know that I'm good at this. Um, and just in general, we have, you know, some pretty talented people who have um, grown to have reputations um, that, you know, so I think relationships is always number one. But beyond that, right, there is also inbound and outbound strategies that we 
you know, take in terms of, you know, content marketing. Um, that's been a big one for us recently. You know, we have all this knowledge. We have all this influence. Let's put it out there. Just give it, give it away. Right. And then once you give that away, people start to look at you and say, wow, they're experts in this. I want somebody who, you know, can walk and talk. Right. Um, or talk the way, walk the way they talk. Right. Um, so content marketing has been really valuable to us, uh, as an inbound tactic. Um, and then as an outbound, you know, we, we do, uh, reach out, um, to, to industries that we feel are valuable to reach out into. We're starting to, you know, really position ourselves around commerce more because I, we think, you know, from a, a conversion rate optimization standpoint, talk about data, e-commerce has a ton of data. B2B is tough because, you know, they don't have as many leads that come through the door as purchases on an e-com site. So the amount of data that you have on an e-com site is just uh, easier from a conversion rate optimization perspective, right? Because you have that data fast and in your fingertips. So I like working with e-com because of just the data that's there. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And the fact that we're doing this right before 2024 rolls rolls in here and in the new year and, and just tools and AI and Google Analytics, just everything is going at warp speed. And content marketing, Josh, I have seen the evolution of TikTok. And it's completely changed the game. And, you know, a, a majority of the the money and the wealth is coming out of that generation. Yeah. And they, they I've, I've always said that I, look, I can look at an organization, I can look at their company i can go to their linkedin i can look at their facebook and instagram and i can quickly diagnose and say hey guys if we don't start doing some content if we don't start helping you with some content then the generation that's coming up they're not going to choose your company even if your company is the best yeah like that's just the way that that's just the way that that generation thinks yeah um, so um, i know content marketing is huge and i think that's very valuable yep influencer user generated content all of those things just kind of getting people on the platform to organically talk about the product, you know, that's going to be very valuable. Yeah. You know, I know something the other day and you probably, you probably will relate to this. They did a study or there was something out there that there was a generation that has been on TikTok and they like did some surveys and they searched for a business in a specific area mm -hmm. and they pulled up the Google reviews and they had thousands and thousands of reviews. Then they pulled up their TikTok and Instagram and they posted every single day for as long as they can remember. Like what, like that generation, where do you think they bought a, a product from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they got it from, they've heard it from TikTok, right? And then, you know, uh, the, it's, it's TikTok generally, you know, people on the platform can stay on the platform, um, but, you know, they'll Google them later or they'll find them later and then they'll go that way, right? And TikTok is very interestingly, is starting to build their own CDP, which is a customer data platform, right? Which people essentially can tie into and get more data surrounding their products and their marketing through the TikTok platform. They're basically going to be building their own system that's kind of similar to any type of, you know, Salesforce or or system within that that harnesses the data around customers right and so it's you know tiktok could be massive over the lot over the next couple of years um it could start to really take a lot of the market share away from uh facebook or these different platforms because of the technologies that it's starting to build 
they're not investing in the metaverse right now. Maybe they are, but they're not the way that. Uh, uh, so, so they have money to spend on important things. I'm just kidding. Don't let Mark Zuckerberg hear me say that. Yeah, exactly. They're they're, they're scanning this for heat maps right now as we talk about all the webcasting. Yeah. Oh goodness. Well, Josh, where can people find you? Where can people find uh, from the future if they wanted to connect with you, ask you any questions? Like, where's the best place for that? Uh, best place to find me is on my LinkedIn. Um, you can just search for Josh Silverbauer or slash Jay Silverbauer. I'm very active there. I friend everybody who friends me or follows me. Um, you know, so I, or if you connect with me, I will connect back with you. Or you can just follow me there because I have a lot to say. Um, and from the future, you just go to ftf.co um, and you can, you know, find out what we're doing on our site there. So uh, yeah, those are the best places to, catch up and thanks lane for having me on this podcast yeah absolutely we uh we always uh believe that collaboration and community helps grow business and organizations in this digital age and so we value you guys thank you so much for giving us your time can't wait to provide the episode details and content to put out there for you because again content's king and that is content is king so josh uh, thank you so much again for joining the podcast and guys thank you for listening to another episode of the equipped podcast before we head out of here make sure you do me a favor go to apple and scroll all the way to the bottom give me a five-star rating and a five-star review and we will truly appreciate it and if you see this episode hear this episode and you think anything in this episode is valuable share it with them and let's all grow together so with that josh we'll see you next time look forward to uh, staying up with you and uh until next episode until next episode talk to you soon thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the equipped podcast do me a favor. Go to Apple, scroll all the way to the bottom, give us a five-star rating and a five-star review. Better yet, share this with someone that you think it would add value to. And if you think you would be a good guest on the Equipped Podcast, shoot me an email at lane at goprospect.com. That's L-A-N-E at G-O-P-R-O-S-P-E-X dot. Until next time, see you guys.